we're back here on the Goat Parade, believe it or not. Transmitting from a much darker place in reality. Yes, it is not as bright as it was. This Remember the last time when you got all sappy with me? Yeah, we it, were talking about uh, vulnerability. And you're like, I'm so glad I have someone friendship. to talk <laughs> to talk music with all the time. And we get to, I mean, we're hugging, we were touching each other, you know, without fear. And now it's strange because, you know, one of my favorite things to do is cough on people. Oh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's my language of love. Right. Um, my friend know, Kyle as, in as high school would always sneeze on people. We'll sniff each other's buttholes. Yeah. I enjoy coughing on people that's kind of my way to investigate you know what type of relationship i mean yeah in high school my friends to piss each other off would sneeze in each other's faces that's (laughs) i mean not me so much but people would do that to me especially my friend kyle i hate that guy but yeah i I hope kyle is listening right now he probably Um, is if he's alive if he is listening and he just heard that he has a lot of time to think about how he acted (laughs) yeah how he he better not be doing that anymore And if he is, he's going to have about eight weeks to reflect before (laughs) he can go outside and do that again to anyone else. Oh, well, sadly, we all do. Apparently, Um, I lost my job last week. Uh, You know, Cam, I was going to say this is fun and all, um, but I've I've got a gig here in about 15 minutes. (laughs) The gigs are coming in. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life right now. Oh, man. Yeah, it's. It's a crazy time. Actually, I did make a. Pre- I, I um had a project on Bandcamp on Friday, and I made some money. People were, people were thoughtful. I bought that record. I know. Thank you. So you owe me five dollars. Oh, okay. That's how it is. <laughs> you owe me a soda water at the Thirsty Crow. I'll get you a soda water. Don't you worry. <laughs> if they ever open again. If they ever open again, we'll see. Um, very strange. And we were just talking before we started this. Obviously, we're going to try to not speak of the C virus um, as much as humanly possible. Obviously it's affecting everything and everyone right now. We've reached a point of no return. Society will never be the same as we know it. Yes. It is Um, annoyingly unprecedented as I continuously call it. How many times have we heard the word unprecedented in the past? You know what words driving me nuts in the whole thing? Amid. 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 A-M-I-D. I'm so sick. Ah, amid. Everything's, Well, amid this, we can't. Amid this, right. Yes, exactly. And I mean, how many times can you say like in the face of or right. during or yeah. like, you know, through the duration or you know, there's, like, there's only a few different ways to say it. Amid is a very succinct way. But because of the 24 hour news cycle right now, everything has to be succinct. Yeah. I'm only giving myself 30 minutes a day and I do take all 30 minutes. I, I want to be aware of what's going on. But well after informed. that. After that, no more during the day. And there's just only so much bad news a person can stand, obviously, and it keeps coming. Wow, we're talking about the virus right now. Well, I mean, there's no way to avoid it. I knew we were going to get on that subject, but we're going to talk about other things, too. (laughs) Are you okay? I am. I'm doing all right. I'm I'm just, you know, taking it day by day. um, What about you? Um, I've never been better, dude. Never (laughs) been better in my life. This is, uh, (laughs) you know, like... Uh, I, I can't explain all the feelings of joy and liberation that, that are coursing through my veins right now. <laughs> Never been better. Right. I mean, obviously, in our later years, and I know you and I have talked about this, we're both kind of shut-ins. Yeah, I mean, at this, yeah, at this point, I don't do as much as I used to, so it doesn't affect me as largely besides not being able to work. And, I mean, I've been staying healthy. I'm, I, I was telling my wife, I am usually kind of have a little bit of a cold. I've been feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you P and W's 
you Pacific Northwesterners, mm. you, you operate in, in different in, in in a different reality. When you have a cold, that's just your everyday life. Right. Yeah. I mean, because of the geography that yeah. you're from and we're raised within. But shit sucks. Obviously. Yeah. Like, we we can be real. Things are hard. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of our friends uh, and cohorts and colleagues have lost an innumerable amount of gigs. Venues have shut down indefinitely. I mean, people have lost their lives. You know, it's a people it's a rough have time. Lost their lives, yeah. But, but I, from a music standpoint, like yeah. you know, every culturally, we've come to an absolute standstill. It's crazy. I mean, I never thought I'd see anything like this. It's absolutely nuts. But it's kind of been boiling up into that point. Yeah. You know, right. I, I think I was I was reminiscing again with my wife about when Donald Trump was elected president. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like everybody turned to one another and they were like, this is the worst thing that ever that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, only we all knew how bad yeah, it was going to get. It's <laughs> kind of it's there's something about it that's ironically hilarious. But just you and me hanging out here away from each other, video chatting this podcast is helping the problem. You know? It is. It's definitely helping. I'm still one step at a time as you are, as we all are. And yeah. just a note to the listeners, too. We're trying to do this FaceTime. So the audio quality is going to suffer. Don't hate me because the audio quality suffers a bit. We're still here for y'all to talk about music. Even if Al doesn't sound as good coming through from wherever the hell you are. I always sound great, especially (laughs) when I... Keep it at that. Keep it at that voice. There we go. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's loving that over here. Perfect level. Listening out there. It's getting weirder. (laughs) (laughs) It got breath here. So, yeah, if it sounds awful, we're sorry. Also, like, obviously, Cam and I are very excited to talk to each other. And sometimes when we're speaking at the same times, we can't even hear each other in this type of it's outrig. True. It's true. So who knows what this is going to sound like on the back end. But who gives a shit? Welcome back. Oh, man, I'm so parade. glad I don't have to beep that shit. No, yeah, no. I'm never doing that again. To episode three. <laughs> I can't believe you um, made me do that. It was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was funny I, as I was doing it. I was laughing. I think comedically, the censor can be used as such a weapon. Yeah, definitely. Such and I learned that doing word, it. Like enunciation and impact. So thank you for doing all that work on the last episode. If you haven't I did not count that, how many there were. You wanted me to count? One, go I didn't back, count. listen to it, and then come back and join us again. I'm sorry. I, I was talking, and you were sorry. talking. I, I I, you told me to count the swears. I didn't do it. I wasn't going to do it. I just wouldn't. I, I think I stopped at like, I don't know, 42. <laughs> yeah, it was excessive. It, w- it was excessive. Um, before, th- this is side B. Welcome to side B mm. of the Goat Parade, also yeah. known as the Elope Brigade or the Throat Charade. <laughs> wow, you're coming up with a new one each time, huh? Each I love time, the Elope. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep these, these what was it, uh, variations on a theme pretty consistent. Elope what? Elope Brigade. Ooh, I like that. That's perfect yeah, for these let's, times. Let's all go get fucking married. <laughs> Uh, or just away from one another um and side b sadly enough going back to the sevi that old rona Mm -hmm. quickly uh this episode will be coming out this wednesday here in a couple days this is the this is the the latest we've ever done an episode right before the release date and wednesday happens to be my birthday oh it does yes march okay you're one of this you're quarantine birthday baby too all right 
Yeah, isn't it great? So we're going to take a second right now because obviously I'm going to listen to this when it comes out on Wednesday to see how bad we sound. And I'll have, you know, because I'll have nothing else to do minus all these gigs that I'm getting right now. Mm. Uh, um, I want you to sing me happy birthday right now. The whole thing. Me? Yep. And wash your hands. And while washing hands? <laughs> while washing hands yes this is the happy birthday to al song brought to you by washing your fucking hands go cam you're hot happy birthday to you uh. happy birthday to you oh. happy birthday alexander oh you used my full name Gotta do oh, the high wow. harmony. That was a really nice hold at the end there. <laughs> Very Michael Scott. He always does the high harmony. Well, thank you, Cameron, for letting me force you to sing me happy birthday because I would be sad. I haven't uh, sang in forever. It feels nice. I used to sing all the time before this thing. <laughs> no shit, dude. I just did a five-minute vocal warm-up before we did this because I have not exercised my voice <laughs> at all. I haven't talked You're to You're talking anyone. pants aren't on. <laughs> it's just ripping cigs and chain smoking jays, man. It's been. Yeah. I just smoked the very last of my weed right now. Uh, what? Yeah. Well, luckily. Yes. Thank God. I was scared, but luckily. Is marijuana is considered an essential business and mm-hmm. they will stay open. Yes. I still do not want to go there, but yes. No. It's... Stoners are a dirty type. Yeah. That CCA waiting room. That's where you get. That's where you get the Dude, roni. That's the waiting room to hell. That's yeah, where you get the roni right there. <laughs> it gets darkest before the dawn, and that's what a marijuana a clinic waiting room feels like when you're yeah. about to go to heaven and get everything that you need. For nobody's sex. really looking at each other. You can't use your phones. It's weird as hell. It feels like prison. It really does feel like prison. I'm speaking from experience. Right. Um, but again, welcome back to Side B Goat Parade. This is my side. That means he can do whatever he wants. My, it's my birthday side. I'm really excited. Um, it's this, your list. It's your list. Is going to be sponsored by a list that we should probably call like Desert Island Discs or right. something like that. These are the 10 records that you would grab on your way out to a fallout shelter mm. because of any type of viral infection or contagion. Right. So, Thank God that will never happen. Thank God that is almost happening. Um, and thank God we're talking about it. because It's pretty be, easy. It's you know, basically I just had to take 10 albums that I'm currently listening to. Right. Or um, or 10 albums that you can't live without, like such as your wife and I just discussing Page of the Lion. Oh, God, we're, we're getting right into Massive Page of the Lion fans. Right. The Zaniacs, uh, they are. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, PTL didn't make this list. Because I, well, we'll talk about the list when we get to the list. Yeah, thank I want to know a few things before we jump into it. Obviously, we've got some tunes to play. Right. So last episode, we brought our first local artist in. And this episode, I'm actually playing a local artist of whom is going to be our guest. That's true. Can, That's true. Can you talk about our guest a little bit? Because you're the one bringing him in this episode. Uh, yep. Uh, it's, it's called Nihilist Rogers. Um, he's a new artist. He just dropped his mini LP last Friday. Um, apparently does not do any original songs. It's all covers. So strange. I can't wait to talk to him about that. But I'm he doesn't call him guy. Yeah. Usually. He, he apparently calls him synthetic reimaginations, which is so <laughs> pretentious. I can't stand that. 
It sounds like this guy went to Berkeley. Oh, I don't know. He's he's odd. He's an odd one. I I will say. I, I mean, I've met him a couple times. Pretty odd guy. He DJed uh, last week at the satellite before the whole apocalypse and everything. How was it? It was great. Uh, Giant Wasted Man played a show, one of the last shows before they closed last Thursday. Um, it was on the twelfth. How did that show go? Can you talk or the tenth? Sorry, by the twelfth. Waste of Man a little bit because I know you guys have had uh, recording plans for May and this yes. obviously affects that. Everything's so still that. in the air. It's it's hilarious. The day we went last Sunday, we got the confirmation that our studio time was approved. <laughs> Which, Perfect. Which is hilarious because then we all went pretty much right into quarantine here in Los Angeles for an, who knows how long. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we aren't in that by the end of April, which we probably will be, <laughs> then yeah, we have the studio time. Otherwise, we're just going to push it to later in the year, which is fine. I think everything's being pushed. Yeah, right I really now, don't mind. I'd, I'd rather it be safe than try to force it. So Absolutely. And that, like, on that note, too, which is why I wanted to bring it up. I wonder who's feeling more stagnation right now. Like, let's let's put you and I in one category. We are filed under. We've got a couple things going for us, but we're on the verge of progressing. You know, I, even though we're retired musicians, we've got new projects coming right. out. Like, you're just starting to gig with Giant Waste. You got another record coming out soon that you're going to be tracking this year. Cowgirls, I've just been sitting on this thing that I've wanted to release for the past couple of months and I was getting the band together. Right. You're almost ready to go. And I was starting, you know, artwork's done. I was starting to look at release dates and it all went to shit. Yeah. Like, hit the skids. I wonder who feels more frustrated. The people in our category, such as like, Oh, we were so close to getting so close with this thing. Like, you know, these, you know, things keep tiles, keep, uh, keep getting put into the mosaic for us. And then the other category of, of person would be people who had had, you know, global tours booked. Oh. A lot of things yeah. going for them. There was a lot of, I mean, it was almost festival. It's almost festival season, you know? It is festival season right like, now that we're not when you're, part of. When you're thinking about all that, you're talking not only these artists and everyone that works with them and their drivers, their merch people. You're <laughs> catering. Thinking, catering but you're thinking the festival has production teams, all these people who work from, they, I mean, they, they work from what they call it like, from Coachella to it used to be like Coachella through Warped was right. like an American production festival, like people that have so many jobs throughout that, and they they that's when they're on, you know, and we're about to get into that, and it's scary as hell for a lot of people. It is, and it's uh, it, across the board. It's been the great equalizer. You know what I mean? No matter if you had a global tour or you were just about to go into the studio with a new project, there is a there is a there's a, like a common thread of pain there, like this like existential void that we're all feeling at the same base level, just in varying degrees. Yeah. And how are like while we're on the subject, I know we're bouncing around a lot today because there's so much to talk about. And also to the listener, we're going to try to keep this another, you know, another one of those shorter episodes because the uh, the three hour juggernauts are probably a little <laughs> too much. Um, uh, how are you dealing with it, man? Uh, like uh, day by day. I mean, you're quarantined. You're you're shacked up at home. Um, are you are you back into writing mode or not? I mean, I'm I'm. Mode? What's I up? feel like I'm starting to break into that. But I, the first week, I definitely was just like coping with the ideas of everything, and it'd be day by day, like a couple days. You know, you'd have like I've been keeping thoughts on my phone that are kind of like hilarious little pieces but you know one day you're like you know what i haven't spent a whole day at home and forever that's nice 
And then the next day, you're just like, you start to have a little bit more of a freak out, you know. Um, but finally, I'm starting to, I got all my stuff from my space here at home, like everything's set up in the studio. So I'm like ready to start writing. But so far, I've found the situation not not terribly inspirational. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and obviously there's going to be a lot of very um, uh, uh, tinged things mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, not, t- I don't want to say tainted. There's going to be a very specific flavor of a lot of creativity that comes out of this particular period. That's like either inspired. In periods yeah, of time. Either inspired um, by this or directly quoting this. You know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to all the coronavirus lyrics puns on television (laughs) movies made about this time i'm honestly already over it (laughs) just like well just because it's a lot to take in yeah it's it's a it's a it's it's a scary knot to untie um not only within our creative selves like people like you and i and everyone else that we know but for the normies too who don't have hobbies are you wearing a biggie shirt is that biggie smalls on your shirt yeah, dude. <laughs> that's a that's a dope shirt. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I was like, is that Biggie Smalls on the computer screen smoking a blunt? But like smoking just again, in my view, that fatty baby. <laughs> sorry, um, I even took a shower for this. Like I, I did I've too. I did too. Pajamas. I was like, I was like, I gotta look my best, you know. This is like, yeah, you look, you look great. You shaved. <laughs> well, it's CDC said shave your beard, hippie. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, I'm in the, I'm in the like the the stretch of barely getting out of bed right, right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was me. Like, before I shaved three days ago. But I was so excited to do this that I took a shower and <laughs> lo and behold, I almost started manscaping. <laughs> like I was going out on a date. You're like, you know what? I might need to just in yeah, case. I don't know how crazy case. this episode's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm glad to hear that everything's set up for you. I feel like it's kind of been the same for me, like obviously early coping. Yeah. Are you in Orange County? Yes, I am holed up with some with some family down here. I'm at my mother and my stepfather's place, oh, good. which is like this beautiful, you know, uh, a very quaint suburban home on a golf course. So I'm in the best place possible. That's great. That's yeah. Good. Um, it's it's super easy. Obviously, uh, my mother <laughs> doesn't like my music all that much. So <laughs> as I'm as I'm demoing in the dining room until all hours of the night, which I've kind of been doing on and off, like I'm doing my best to cope here and I'm doing my best yeah. to be inspired by um, the back to the great equalizer, like the level of unification between everyone being so devastated and depleted right now. I'm finding a lot of energy in that. Yeah, um, great. I'm looking forward to that time. I haven't felt it, but... I'm glad you're getting there in a place of that. Yeah, I'm getting there, but only because, you know, what else are we supposed to do? Right. I mean, like, you know, what other way can we exist? The singing from the balconies in Italy and stuff, I've definitely found extremely inspiring. Like that, that's been like little moments of beauty like that um, have got me for sure. Just humanity, little moments of humanity have made me uh, feel like this is going to be fine, but. So I need more of that, you know? <laughs> well, that's the good thing about watching the news coupled with the awful things about watching the news, such as all the bad news. There is scattered bits of good news. And I think in that, you know, we're seeing more people. I mean, obviously, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? I mean, that's something that we've heard our entire lives. And because we're now accepting the reality that everything has changed mm-hmm. and that it cannot go back to the place of where it once was, you can never go home again. 
we're starting to see a whole newfound or you know a level of resurgence of human empathy and connectivity to the point where you know it'll probably shift the perspective of the entire globe absolutely you know, when it comes down to the the foundational lines of like how we approach one another things uh, that good yeah. ways and bad things ways. we disagree about to touch each other for a while but right. at the same time people are going to be really excited to 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 get back into one another's minds mm. and like things that we all disagree about we won't take as seriously in some ways i, f- I feel like there's just going to be like a shift in um, empathy, you know? Right. Yeah, no, everything's going to return to, you know, maybe regress to that time to where we were like infants, you know, like to, to that beautiful time where we didn't overthink, you know, much or think about anything. And we just interacted with one another, you know, at, as, as a bunch of kids on a playground, I'm right. hoping to see that again. Yes. Well, I'm glad we got sappy. Yeah. That got emotional again. All right. Well, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else do we have on side B? We've talked about the desert island disc, 10 records that you would take to, you know, a, a nuclear bunker um, mm-hmm. without much notice. We've got Nihilus Rogers coming in, who is right. a cover artist uh, in a very dark wave sense. We got a couple of new tunes. Um, I think that's about we, it today. Th- that's it, right? Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and jump into the new tunes? I'm down. Let's, let's have you go first. Let's have the host, the sultry-voiced post-punk king of there it Los is. Angeles, Cameron Demetric, everybody. Let's give him a round of applause. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Mm. Uh, I brought in a song from before all this happened that I was digging. Uh, I wanted to be reminded of like when I was walking around outside listening to this album um, when it came out. I believe it came out in February. Um, it's a Chicago band called Beach Bunny. Ooh, I've never even heard of it. Um, it's really good. I, I heard one of their songs from their EP last year circul- circling around, and then their uh, debut album came out in February. I can't even remember the name of it right now off the top of my head. I just grabbed a track real quick, so I'm not nearly as prepared. But it's the first track off it called Promises, um, and it's kind of scrappy. It's kind of garage. It's kind of has like tendencies of punk rock, but um, the singer, I believe her name is Lily, uh, just has a really powerful delivery throughout this whole song and lyrically i find it it's a breakup song but it's um it's a it's an uplifting one if that makes sense i think a lot of breakups can be uplifting just depending on the angle of course i mean yeah um and this one yeah this one feels it doesn't feel like she's wallowing at all she feels it seems like she's um triumphant you know Good. Victorious breakups, such as the one we might be encountering right now, could be a sponsor of this particular episode. So I'm glad <laughs> you're bringing in a little bit of destruction with your hope. Right. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Let's just check it out. We'll talk about yeah, it. Let's after. jump into it. What? What? Give me the, uh, the, the name of the band and the uh, song title one more time. Uh, it's Beach Bunny with the song Promises.
right? Beach Bunny with Promises. What'd you think? That, uh, dude, first of all, I loved it. And I know that earlier you couldn't think of the album off the top of your head. That album is called Honeymoon. That's right, Honeymoon. And it looks like it came out uh, late February. The whole album's good. It's, it's definitely going to be probably on my top 10 this year, I would imagine. Uh, what's perfect about that, lyrically speaking, I mean, I know you said it was a breakup song and it obviously feels that way, yeah. um, but it feels appropriate right now. Um, the, the, the first two lines in the chorus, part of me still wants you, part of me just wants, wants to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, that kind of feels like life right now. Right. Totally. And, and, and maybe this is, this whole thing is like emotionally uh, metaphorical as a breakup because it feels like we're all going through that right now. We're going through a breakup with normal routines. We're going through a breakup of, of life as we know. We're going through a breakup with the outside world for a lot of the states that have been asked to stay home for, for non-essential stuff. Yeah, totally. And I, I, it feels that way artistically right now, dude. Like sometimes, you know, part of me still wants to move forward in my life, but part of me just wants to sleep through this. Do you right, feel the just, same way? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's why I chose it. I feel like that, that I keep going back to that song during this last week and just it both kind of, yeah, lyrically, I kind of feel like I'm identifying with it. And also just musically, it makes me happy. It, it, it lifts me up a bit. There's some, it's power pop. Yeah. And the, yeah, that chorus is definitely power pop and it delivers, you know? It really does deliver. And a lot of power pop, you know, I think when when indie music started to become uh, monetized and commercialized, we lost a lot of the good power pop bands to people such as like Paramore. Yeah. You know, these these power pop bands that infiltrated the mainstream, like the K-Rock world and right, started totally. to become national and or global sensations. Whose fault was that? Took away. Say that again. Whose fault was that? Who did that? Was it Shiny Toy Guns? Was it them? Shiny toy guns. I think that was the start of that whole thing. What was that one shiny toy gun? Oh, it was kind of good. Knows. Something about disco or something. I don't remember. Can but. can you remember the hook at all? No, not at all. Because you and I have been really great the past couple episodes of just jumping into songs. Yeah, no. But do you remember the shiny toy gun song? Nope, we're getting a no okay. from the wife. Okay, so no one remembers the Chinese toy gun song. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. So yeah, I mean, it obviously like. You know, a lot of quote unquote, I hate this fucking word, but authentic power pop has yeah. been lost to the passes. Totally. That feels like that feels like OG power pop. Yeah. I mean, even Weezer can't do it anymore. So it's just No. Weezer hasn't been able to do it since the Green album. And it's not like they haven't been trying. <laughs> They've been trying. They've, They've been trying for about five records now. At least. It's like ten. <laughs> I can't keep up. Uh, that again, that last track we heard was Beach Bunny Promises off of their album Honeymoon. Yes. Also, it's track one, so it really sets a nice tone to the album. You know, you're you're like, let's do this. You know, track one, side ones are really important, and I hope if this continues, um, if you know one of us doesn't lose our lives, I'm sure I'm easily replaceable. So you <laughs> absolutely be able to don't go do on that. Face of death. On your birthday podcast, you're going to talk like that. <laughs> hey, man! If there's any time for beautiful self-deprecation, it is now. I guess the I can't can't nine. deny you it. I can't deny it. If this goes on, I would like to do a track one, side one list. Of course. How, how important is that? I've track? only avoided that because it's in the movie High Fidelity. High Fidelity. <laughs> that's what it is. That's right. <laughs> right. And, that's the only reason because it's I, so I, on the nose. Know, it's great. We haven't made a lot of High Fidelity references. We haven't made any. Actually. No. Uh, we haven't even talked about the new one that some that people are pretty divided on. What do you mean? There's a new one. Have you heard about this? 
Th- there's a new high fidelity. It's on Hulu, and it's Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz as John Cusack's character. What? Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> I mean, and I love Zoe Kravitz. She's I do too, and it's great because Kravitz clan. But I I didn't personally like it very much. Some of the references made me feel weird. Uh, my wife liked it. She said it was actually really good, but I'm, I love the movie. So it's weird for me to like, like well, I'm always on your wife's side because Jess and I have that, that real tight Pedro the lion connection. Here we go again. I hate it, but I liked it. <laughs> she said she hated it. Then she liked it. Oh, so it grew on her. Yeah. Well, kind I don't like, a virus. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> kind of like a virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, corona. I, I, dude, I'm actually intrigued to see this because I do love Zoe Kravitz. Right. And you know, the, the whole, the premise of high fidelity, I mean, the, it, it was a novel adaptation, but, uh, was the, it, it was the amassing of pop culture into a, a plot mm-hmm. that was like, you know, and that, that was what was enduring to you and I as youngsters seeing that movie, like the stiff little fingers, green day yeah. reference. And, um, the, the, uh, the echo I mean, and the, that, the echo and the bunny man, Jesus and Mary Chase. Like, they exactly. picked up where your echo and the bunny man you left off. And you're sitting around complaining about no echo. <laughs> also, the the moment where Cusack walks into a store and the nerdier employee is playing the New Bell and Sebastian, right. which is like one of my favorite bands of all time. Something you can ignore. Sh- Something you can ignore. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. That that's interesting. I mean, I yeah. I've got nothing but time here between all of these jobs that I have uh, <laughs> planned over the next two months. Right, self-employed. So I'll have to dive into that. You know, speaking of time on our hands right now, and 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 learning how to budget all of this free time, I haven't listened to any new music. Like I went yeah. and I bought. You told me Nihilus Rogers was coming on, so I went and I bought that record, and I've listened to it over and over again because it's just wacky as all hell and we're about to hear a tune from that here oh in a boy. second but other than that man my exploration I, and maybe it is the depressive bubble but i have not been reaching out uh to the interwebs for for new inspiration in that regard and also maybe it's just a demoing thing i don't want to listen to too much music when i'm demoing but yeah it's sad so to hear that that beach bunny tune which i've never even seen the name of or heard of this group yeah they're rising uh, i mean they they probably were about to be on some tour that got canceled <laughs> right yeah, yeah as you know. everyone was yeah. how insane okay let, okay no we're not going back to the sea by right yeah um, we, uh, which is really close to steve Vai. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Dude, the virus. The Steve virus. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds that sounds worse. You remember his guitar with the handle on it? Yeah. That oh, was yeah. the stupidest I mean, thing. Why? Years, Why? Uh, Why would well, you first of all, when you're carrying your amp in one hand and you don't have a case for your guitar because you just rock that hard. Right. You have to have a handle on your guitar. <laughs> That's so you ridiculous. Can carry it. You can still carry it. It looks it this whole thing. It looks cool when you're carrying it, wearing it. No, you can't you can't wear it because he needs a lot of room for his hair to flow and you can't carry it by the neck cuz that's going to mess up the tension and his action has Just to carry be it. so low on the vibe guitar cuz he's he's shredding at light speed. So you can't mess with his intonation whatsoever. <laughs> That's probably actually it. That's probably <laughs> Thank the... Thank you, Ibanez, <laughs> for doing the Steve Vai signature in all white with gold hardware. Ibanez, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can get like seafoam green. <laughs> seafoam green. One of my favorite guitar colors, also one that's been played out to the fucking nines. And I think maybe grunge was was responsible for... Uh, 
Are for you, having that color or surf music and or grunge music really destroyed seafoam green for me yeah totally yeah i feel i feel like if um just personal i love fender fender's the best but i feel like when fender has given any artist i know like you know our size artists who are like you know not big time Retired. they're like really pushing that orange mustang <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, dude! No, everyone it, gets an orange Mustang. And orange Mustang bass for you. Orange the Mustang worst. for you. Yeah, just everyone. <laughs> if you are listening right now and you play an orange Mustang uh, bass or, or guitar, guitar, just know we love you, and know that uh, the the forty five percent of guitar or bass players playing the orange Mustang right now, you're all within a group of a highly gilded age. Yeah. And Fender doesn't really care about you at all. No, no, no. If you get an orange Mustang in the mail, that means you are low on the total. This is harsh, but Um, it's just the truth. We're dropping truth bombs right now. I hate to say it, but at least you're getting free stuff. Yeah, I I definitely I didn't get I mean, we got through Fender once they gave us a Baja telly. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Baja is a kind way of saying a, a pretty crappy Mexican telly. And for a telly, it was like so heavy. It was absurd. <laughs> Tellies are supposed to be one of the lightest things yeah. that you could ever strap. It had a back. giant, like, curved neck on the back that if you played it for more than five minutes, your hand would just cramp up. Your thumb would just, it was the oddest guitar. Well, maybe but thank you should put a handle on it. <laughs> Got a handle on the situation, Steve. I- oh, you just wrapped that back around real nice. And I feel bad. We are not talking any shit on Fender. It's one of my favorite companies in the world. So it's I'm, the only I'm just making to play. jokes. It's, yeah, well, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, as yeah. far as stringed electric instruments, I won't play anything other than. Well, that's uh, interesting because I, I say Gibson, but I've never actually owned a Gibson um, because I've never found the perfect one. But I think it's out there. I think there's the perfect Gibson. I just haven't played it yet. It's just all of the luthiers at Gibson in Nashville are wasted 100% <laughs> of the time. Oh, so really? Quality- yeah. Is really insane. You're going to get binding issues on one guitar. You're going to get one guitar that's neck heavy. Feels like you're lifting a thirty pound dumbbell when you're trying to play a set. You're like somebody just, puke on it, this. It gives you back problems. You know, yeah, I've seen true. people who have played Les Pauls where their back look at Slash is tilted, like they have spina bifida or something. Look at Slash. That man is constantly like half hunched. Yeah, 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 no, he's got the Quasimodo thing yeah. going on because he's been playing nothing but Les Pauls. He's for got a Les Paul been years. taking him down, and then a top hat been tipping his head down for another. It's he, he looks decrepit. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the Baja telly that you were just talking about, um, and it being a Mexican Baja Mexican Tex Mex kind of vibes, that mm-hmm. brings us into the tune that I'm bringing for Side B Al's yeah. birthday episode. Because it is a cover of that old little band from Texas. ZZ Top. Um, this is off of Nihilus Rogers' debut mini LP, um, which again is, it is go- he's going to be our guest here in a, a matter of minutes or a matter of hours, depending on how long Cam and I decide to talk about absolutely nothing here at the Throat Trade. <laughs> we got all day. All day. We got all week. Should we make this a week-long episode? Let's see how long we can make an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Cam, remind me of the title of Nihilus Rogers' debut mini-LP. It's called Adaptation with a period, just like the movie. Oh, beautiful. Little Kaufman. Little Kaufman in the mix. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. Definitely. 
Um, really excited to hear this cover. Really excited to bring it to you guys. It is a very strange album of covers, and I can't wait to dig into that later. And Cam, you're going to have a lot more questions for him than I am because yeah, you, I want to I want to figure out who this guy even is. Even though his identity is shrouded in mystery, um, I have no idea who the guy is. It is a very inventive way to do a, a, a mini LP of covers. And I was such a huge ZZ Top fan as a kid. Um, so hearing Sharp Dressed Man mm. on this mini LP, uh, the song we're about to play right now, was really intriguing to me because I love ZZ Top. Man. Yeah. And it, I love it, that it, era of ZZ Top, like early 80s, Eliminator, that album. Like they just got the dance album. beats and like, but it's still Southern rock, you know? It's so chunky. And I think at this point, it can fi- like maybe unfairly be filed under the ass rock category. Yeah. I think only because their song Legs turned into a stripper anthem. Right, totally. Um, even though, let's you heard it here first on the Go Parade, if you didn't know, um, that song is actually about Billy Gibbons' toddler learning to walk. No way. Yes, it's not a stripper anthem. It's about a small infant girl learning to use her legs she's got legs she knows how to use them wow yeah it's about it, it's about from crawling to walking and it turned into the stripper anthem of a lifetime that's dark it it's is. just a reminder that every stripper has like parents out there and they were once a baby who was learning to walk yeah, it's it, it, it kind of it goes back to that. Hey, man, that's someone's daughter, thing, <laughs> which like I totally agree, you know, I agree with in some weird way. Right. Um, but it, it it's just it's something that, you know, like pour some sugar on me. Right. That, that's totally. that song is not about making pancakes. No, that's yeah. that's about pouring hot sugar on someone before you have sex with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Legs by ZZ Top also feels like. It's, you know, all you see when you hear that song is legs like twisting around a pole like a fucking Twizzler. Right. And it's not that way at all. All right, let's think of another ass rock song. Uh, cherry Pie. By cherry Pie. She's yeah. my cherry pie. Yeah. Um, that song is not about going into a diner. Yeah, that's not Twin Peaks, not going and getting your slice of delicious cherry pie at the R&R. Damn fine pie. No, that's not about enjoying a pastry that's about digging into another human being. Right. Totally like acceptable in the ass rock category. Yep. Cherry pie is but, an odd metaphor, but yeah, it's definitely not about cherry pie. No, it's not about cherry pie. <laughs> so with all that being said, ZZ Top should not be filed in the ass rock category because I agree. the early material was just so They're also way better than for the time. They're way better than most of those bands. They're they're talented as hell all hell. I love ZZ Top. <laughs> Me too. And this is a very, very curious an ingenious cover that we're about to listen to. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is, I believe, the 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 podcast debut of one of these songs off of this recently released collection of covers from Nihilus Rogers off of the mini album adaptation. This is a cover of ZZ Top's "Sharp Dress Man." You've never heard anything like it before.
right. Nihilus Rogers, sharp-dressed man. You know, man, I said at the beginning of this episode that I'm not a huge covers guy, only be- only because I believe that when something is said once, it needed be said again. I'm, I'm part of that school of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually you can't do any justice to the original, any more justice to the original. Yeah. It's not it's not true in every case, but I think overall I've seen a larger percentage, which is why I've, uh, I've veered away from it. But if you're going to do an entire record of dark goth synth wave representations of songs that have like obviously nothing close to whatever that genre is <laughs> you know he just took sharp dress man which is like this bluesy tex-mex you know stomper of a barn burning tune and he turned it into some like it sounded like we were at a sandals resort in hell <laughs> that's what that's what yeah. it sounds like i feel like it's kind of like inspired by like burial style dubstep and it's weird. He does a he does a really crazy rendition of Blink 182's The Rock Show. Yes. I like that one too. It's kind of a magnetic fields take on that song. There's a lot of I mean even in like the vocal representations there's a lot of magnetic. It, feel, it feels like this guy would be our good friend. Like mm. do you, do you know the identity of him? No. Are you being secretive of it <laughs> with me as well or does he hide it from everyone? No, I have no idea. I guess I guess when we see him we'll figure it out. I think he wears a mask but we can tell him to take it off. I don't know. I don't even really know what to ask the guy, mm. uh, especially since I'm not really a covers person myself. Right. So. Well, maybe maybe just dig into him a bit, you know? Like, like see, see if we can ruffle his feathers. I don't know. Does or, he have any feathers to ruffle? I really don't know. I can't tell you. I mean, listening I, to that cover of Sharp Dressed Man, it sounds like Nihilus Rogers doesn't have a single feather on his body. <laughs> well, we'll see. I have no idea. There's no chicken in that coop, dude. <laughs> But what a fun track. Again, that was a cover of Sharp Dressed Man by Nihilist Rogers off of his debut mini LP adaptation. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's tackle your list because it's going to take a while. And you know how long we, when did we get with lists? Listomania! You know, I think in true fashion of what this list, in true apocalyptic fashion of what what this list represents it might not take long at all because i felt like the whole thing when i when i wanted to do this for the list and this again is 10 records that you would grab let's say in a house fire or in a a nuclear fallout scenario or you know in a crazy pandemic such as we're going through right now you're being ushered away to a safe place where you will not see the light of day for let's say three to five years as everything cools down uh, atop hot mother earth and 10 records to help you through the self-imposed uh, and sometimes not even self-imposed isolation that we're going through right now yes. so so um, it's, it's quite it's relevant quite relevant is, like to a certain degree it is a top 10 records list but it's more I, of I, a top 10 records list of right now like everything has happened let me so address that here let me address that, that because that's what i thought it was going to be when i started I was like, this is just going to probably be my favorite albums. And then I realized being isolated with some of my favorite albums doesn't sound like a good time at all. Not the best idea. So it's not, I've realized it's not really a top 10 albums list at all. It's more of uh, the albums that you randomly have or have heard your whole life that you need to get you through certain situations. 
<laughs> Absolutely, but also a, a a fine balance of things too. To, like yeah, a, a, a you got nice it. sonic landscape affording as much of a buffet as possible mm -hmm. to whatever suits your interest in calming yourself and withstanding incredibly long degrees of not seeing anyone mm -hmm. or not being able to go outside. Like, you know, even the, the biggest crust punk isn't going to want to listen to crass for five years straight, <laughs> you know, like you need something else in yeah. there too, to deal with isolation. I barely get through 10 minutes of crass. Of I found out that it's all about the different emotions that I need I need to have in these kind of isolations like whether I right. need I need a pick me up I need a dance or I need a or I have like all my albums have notes like my depression partner something to get me to go to sleep or a reminder of youth um you know one you know there's just different little categories I have for her for keeping me sane. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. I was thinking about doing that and I didn't. What I did was I just selected one track off of each record that would be maybe the the apex track to help okay. me through this gotcha. you know very disturbing and, and and real time um and i can't wait to hear how you categorized the nuances of each tune to the things that you would need need to remember from the outside world to keep you sane on yeah. that note dude that's actually exciting i love that let's start with you if that's okay yeah i like i like doing that because yours are you typically way more outrageous and i like to have that as I'm just as your co-host i have to like i can't be serious all the time yeah <laughs> um okay everyone this is cam's side b march 25th the year of our lord 2020 during the steve virus Oh. A list of pandemic records that would help Cameron through these trying times. Um, okay, so first, number one, I'm just kind of going to like, take them as like I would through a day. So number one for the morning, the morning record. Uh, this is a record that I randomly have that I listen to with coffee or whatever you get up and drink in the morning a lot through the last, I'd say, eight years, maybe nine uh, and it's by a group called Houses, and the album's called All Night. I don't think I've heard Houses. Can you explain it to me a little bit so I know I, what, how your morning starts in this well, pandemic? I'll, I'll start by saying I saw this group. Uh, it's uh, it's mainly one guy, and there's like a, a female singer in the band. I don't know if that's still the case. I think their lineup has changed a bit. But I saw them in 2010 at the Delancey in the Lower East Side for CMJ back when CMJ was going on at oh, like two wow. thirty in the morning. Like yeah, and, that's that's how those CMJ gigs go. And it was beautiful. It was just so hypnotic and chill and exactly what I needed. And I picked up the record and I've been listening to it in mornings. It's just it's kind of beat driven, not much going on vocally, very reverbed out, spacey, but everything's got a groove and everything is just relaxing. <laughs> the whole album is maximum relaxing. That actually sounds like it could help a lot of the listeners out there right now. So yeah, give them I've that, been listening the to it. Record in the group one more time. Houses all night, and all the houses stuff's good. They they actually got more popular over the last couple of years with their newer stuff. But it's a little bit more almost rock bandish, not not rock bandish, but more of like a group sound. This just sounds like beats. And atmosphere and just reverbed out vocals and it's so relaxing. And I've been starting my mornings with it. I think you should too. Houses all night. Number two. Number two. Because I need one upbeat hip hop album. I need that. 
I'm gonna oh, need. I brought one as well. I'm glad we're both on that. And I don't want too much because I I, I need a, a lot of other moods, but I do need a hip hop album. So I thought about it. I'm like, okay, I need a hip hop album. It's got to be long. It's got to be a long hip hop album. I mean, and I'm wearing a Biggie shirt right now. Cam. I know. Are you bringing Life After Death into the mix? See, this is where now we're gonna fight because what I am bringing in the mix is Tupac. All eyes on me, uh, oh, dude. You're on Pac's side. I mean, no, I'm not on any side. I'm just saying. Biggie doesn't. Well, actually, Biggie does have uh, "Life After Death." That is a long album, but it's a it's, double record. It's not as long as "All Eyes on Me." "All Eyes on That's Me" true. is an explosion of creativity between trips to the prison, and <laughs> it is like thirty tracks, and they're all bangers. It's crazy. That's true. Okay, so you're not on Pac's side, but you do pick that over "Life After Death." Well, honestly, um, that wasn't even. I was considering more of like maybe a Kendrick album, but Kendrick gets so heady. And yes. I don't think I could take how head when you're isolated. Yeah, yeah, like the heady parts on "To Pimp a Butterfly" are not going to go over well. The freeform jazz while I'm stuck somewhere. No, know. it's going to drive you insane. It's going to sound like you've been on a meth bench for two weeks. Right, and you know, I'm not like, saying it's in, not in great. It's incredible. Bar. Yeah, totally. So, all eyes on me. That's my long form upbeat hip hop, and you know, keeping it on the west side, baby. You know, I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to go there with you right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to start beef uh, between two. Two white males talking about uh, <laughs> about, about uh, coastal hip hop grudges. No, I, it's yeah, okay. That's, that's, we'll get to this on our own. Time. Yeah, this is not interesting to anyone. All right, number three. I need one album, and this took me a long time to decide because you probably know how huge of a fan I am. Pink Floyd. Modest Mouse. Nope, I decided against any Modest Mouse. To his, I love his I lyrics, too. but they're already kind of apocalyptic half the time. It's not going to yeah. help me. Uh, I wish I could bring some, but I, I couldn't bring any. I almost brought uh, their EP after Moon Antarctica, uh, Everywhere in His Nasty Parlor Tricks, because it is Which pretty... Is a, dude, that is a great EP. Yeah, but I, I needed something else. And I need a Pink Floyd album, because that kind of fills that void. And not one of the end-of-the-world Pink Floyd albums, either. <laughs> you know, No Dark not Side. Division Bell. No, definitely never Division Bell. <laughs> I, want a shirt, I want a shirt that says never Division Bell. <laughs> Nobody likes that. I've never even heard that album. Um, not The Wall, obviously. It took me a long time to figure it out, but it's metal. I'll take metal. Oh, cool. Right on. I mean, metal has a, a bunch of different moods, some long songs. Still might drive you kind of crazy, but you don't always have to put it on. It's for you know, when you need it. Going into this, I didn't know you were such a huge Pink Floyd fan. Really? Oh, huge. Yeah. Oh, huge Floyd fan. Does that, uh, do I respect you more or less? That's the Pink Floyd was the first punk Floyd rock band. Fans, is that it's hard to, it's, it's hard to gauge how much more you love or hate them. Really? When you find out that they're a so massive Floyd fan. You're not. Dude, I'm not a massive Floyd fan. I love animals. Animals is obviously yeah. one of and my And I wanted to bring that, but it's pretty, it, lyrically, it gets pretty apocalyptic or at least, uh, you know, uh, political in a lot of ways. I love animals. That I, I thought that was my favorite album. And in doing this, I think I learned that maybe metal is my favorite Pink Floyd album. It's a great what album. a trip, dude. I didn't know I was talking to a Floyd head. Oh, big to time. To Floyd Rose. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have one, metal. Number four, and this is a, this is a wild one like Houses, um, the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Not any other popular albums. It's an album called Who Killed Sergeant Pepper? And it came out in 2010. I cannot even imagine where you landed on a Brian Jonestown Massacre record nobody, to go into a hole for half a decade. Nobody knows this album, and it probably... I've never heard it. It's probably just Anton. I doubt anybody else even... It, but 
The reason it's on here is because I put it on when I need a long record that has a lot of different things going on. Every song is almost, almost every song is an entirely different genre. It's not so like you wanted to spread your genres out a little bit then. Yeah. You I wanted to fan them out concept records um, that have their, that are unto themselves, their own genre. You wanted records with as much flavor as possible. I need a, I'm going to need a lot of flavor. I'm going to need a lot of different flavors. Um, and this album, if you haven't heard it, who killed Sergeant Pepper it's unbelievable. Like it's got like some German techno on it. It's got um, a lot of dark wave, some punk, some like really uplifting stuff, some straight up electro tracks. It's all over the place. I I, I just love it so much. Um, and I always go. I always DJ it every time I DJ it anywhere. Always people come up and ask me. They're like, "Who is this?" And I say, "The Brian Jones Seven. And it's like they don't believe me. <laughs> They're like, no, this, this is great, man. You're, I mean, this conversation is inadvertently turning into musical rec- recommendations. I've yeah. never heard this record. I mean, nobody I did the metal since I was just finding out that Pink Floyd wasn't my favorite band. I've never <laughs> heard houses. These are all records that I get to dive into to kind of help us in this time of moratorium. And it's great because for me, it kind of made me realize that these kind of are my favorite records, you know? Like, I never thought of them as my actual favorite until I was like, what do I bring to this situation that you've posed, you know? Um, so definitely listen to that album, Brian Jonestown Massacre, Who Killed Sgt. Pepper? Number five, and this is for my angst, Nirvana Live at Reading. Of course. Oh my God, you did live at Reading. It's my favorite. Uh, it's got everything you want from Nirvana. They, all they the, really do play everything. At and that set. it's such a amazing sounding live album. Now you said that this is for your angst. Um, is this the only angsty record that you brought to the table? Mm, no, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so, dude. You're this from, isn't. This you're is from, from my Oregon. This is from. You have many more angsty. This, this one's for my angst, not. Not my reminder of youth. You know what I mean? Does right, that, make, that sense? makes sense? So this is pure angst. You need to freak out. You got to do a live at Reading. It's great. You can air drum the whole thing. It, it's, a, it's a workout. It's great. <laughs> I just picturing you emerging from this uh, pandemic isolation with air drumming muscles, yeah. like whatever muscles <laughs> that air drumming works in the core body. Yeah. Just you like coming out with these like... I don't know. Uh, everybody's just gonna think. Yeah, everybody thinks biceps. I'm just. Everybody's just gonna think I masturbated the whole time. <laughs> nobody's gonna believe. Which I was like, no, it was, wouldn't be too far. It was air drumming. And nobody's gonna believe that. Yeah, no, that's what the kids call it these days. <laughs> yeah. Hey, give me a sec. Give me about. Give me about seventeen seconds. I gotta go air drum real quick. <laughs> uh, and then number six, I need my depression partner. And this was a tough one for when you're down. Um, the national alligator. Of course, alligator would be the only, uh, the only choice for me as far as the national goes. Uh, and you know what, dude? Actually, listening to these episodes as I have when they've been coming out, I've realized you do a really great national <laughs> impersonation. No, I'm actually not that good. He's got a lot of subtlety and like wavering in his voice that that makes him who, who he is. Dude, you but, are the sultry voiced post punk oh, well, king of you. Los Angeles, Cameron Demetric. You have nothing but subtleties, bro. <laughs> but the the reason I'm choosing Alligator, I in another this is another personal journey of finding my favorite albums because I'm pretty sure my favorite national album is High Violet. But I was like, I don't want to bring High Violet. I want to bring Alligator, and that's because again, Alligator, while it has its lows, has some pretty uplifting songs on it. Absolutely, I think. 
uh, Bellamy. Is that his name? Matthew Bellamy? Or Ber- Berninger. Matt Berninger. Ber- Berninger. Oh, yeah. wait. No, that's the guy from Muse. Yeah, from Muse, Matt Bellamy. Wow, yeah. I just outed myself on that one. Congratulations, Al. Happy fucking birthday. He's a huge uh, Muse fan, this guy. Yeah. So Behringer has a lot of, like, obviously wordplay and wit mm. in his lyricism, which which kind of leave it open for interpretation. You can, you can yeah. take it in a very sincere, depressive way, or you can see it as incredibly uplifting as well. And in times when you're stuck, with absolutely nothing but these 10 records that we're discussing here, hypothetically, it's nice to have that interpretation because you can see one song two different ways. Absolutely. Um, and it's got, you know, High Violet's got a pretty consistent mood through it. It's such a good album, but Alligator's got Mr. November, you know, and that's that's more, it's got uh, Abel. It's more of a punk rock song. So I, I think that's the one I have to choose if I'm there that long. Number seven... <laughs> This is this is a on a completely different note. Can't wait. Uh, I needed a record to dance to. Of and course. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I am a huge Mariah Carey fan. No, I mean, listen, we're staring at each other over FaceTime video audio right now. We wouldn't be doing that if we weren't both massive Mariah Carey. Fans. I agree. And so I'm going to take number one to infinity, her greatest hits album out oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How Starbucks of you to do to bring Dude, the greatest hits album. I have place. number one to infinity on vinyl and I have never been so happy about a purchase. I put it on all the time. I put it on yesterday. Listen to the whole thing. It's so good. <laughs> I was going to ask you what kind of dancing you're going to be involving yourself with in, in this in this hypothetical bunker. And I, I want you to give me a short description, if you can, if you don't mind, and for our listeners, um, so they can kind of get a, a visual, like a sexy visual. Well, you can't really you, you can't really listen to Always Be My Baby and not dance. You know, it's kind oh, of dude, impossible. My hips are thrusting like they're in orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same with emotions and honey. It's got it's career spanning. You know, number one to infinity. She's got like sixteen number one hits, and they're all good. <laughs> almost more than the Beatles. She's almost but she's almost beat the Beatles. Really? Yeah, she needs like two more, I think, and she's beat the Beatles with number one songs. Well, you know what? She deserves it because she honey does. is truly a banger. Oh yeah, and I mean that's it's the tip of the iceberg. I'm telling you, there's vision of love. There's emotions, there's fantasy, there's One Sweet Day. That was the longest running number one song until Lil Nas X beat it last year. I mean, there's hits after hits after hits on this thing. Cameron, I don't think... Okay, when I said that we're both massive Mariah Carey fans, I was kind of speaking symbolically. Like, I love <laughs> yeah, Mariah Yeah, like, Carey, who doesn't? But right? here, here you are giving me, like, really factual information about her career, Um where did you come across? Did you do all of this research on your own? Oh, about Mariah? No, I just, I mean, I've followed, I, I feel like it's one of the artists my mom liked growing up that I didn't find awful. You know, she listened to a lot of adult contemporary that I just cringe, but I always liked Mariah. I was just like, this is just, just great pop music. And you know, we can both thank our mothers for that. Thank you moms for yeah. being, you know, not only like shining nights and, and white satin, uh, but also for for leading us for starting our promiscuity into great adult contemporary pop music. Such yeah, as Mariah Madonna too. too. I mean, my mom listened to Madonna when I was a kid. I love that. But Mariah, she sticks out like all her choruses are so thought out. Like even even her Christmas song, "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Next time you hear that song, actually listen to the composition, like the chord changes. It's ridiculous. It's insane. 
It is mathematical in that pop equative sense, but yeah. it's also something so much more. Yeah. And that's crazy because it's, you know, it feels like an opiate for the masses, that song. Mm. Um, you know, much like the only Toto's c- Africa or like a few other songs like it's not a Christmas song, but right. like these but it's songs like the only modern Christmas song uh, over and over again that are actually just massive pop compositions with so much going on and so many intricacies that the average music listener doesn't even really get a hold uh, of, of, of how much is happening. True, I, yeah. I guess Mariah Carey's Christmas tune is the same way. Yeah, huh? there's many articles online. Just Google it because I have a million times about how complicated that song really is. But anyway, number eight. <laughs> Glad we wouldn't know that long of Mariah. She deserves that. She deserves it. I mean, number one to infinity, baby. Yeah. Number eight. And this is because this album is me. Um, the Weaker Than's Left and Leaving. That makes sense for you. I'm I'm surprised it took that long to get to get to this I point. I just I can't imagine being anywhere without it. It makes me nervous just to think about there being a scenario where I couldn't listen to Left and Leaving if I wanted to. The first seven songs on that album are absolute perfection. They still make me cry. It's one of the best albums of all time. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, bold statement coming from Cam in isolation. It looks like the solitude is getting to him. <laughs> I listened to it this uh, morning with my breakfast. I cried my eyes out. <laughs> you didn't put houses on? I thought not that this was morning. Uh, not not this morning. I did weaker than. So I've been doing all these albums, so uh, just to make sure I'm right. Now this one I don't own, and it's not even an album. <laughs> Number nine is Brian Eno. Anything. <laughs> true wow wow that's for Man. sleep that's for sleep that's uh that type of forethought and and you know being ahead of the curve in that regard like i don't know if someone bro- broke into your house and was like can you have five seconds to grab 10, 10 records i don't know if you would actually think brian Eno anything but <laughs> i thought having, about it, yeah. like if you knew that you were going into that bunker yeah. if you knew that there was no other choice obviously dude brian Eno could take three slots yeah. that sleep record is so necessary when you're not going to be able to turn off your mind right. from all the nothingness of the day and i don't i don't know what would do it better than brian Eno. so anything by bringing and then number 10 my reminder of youth and this took some thinking you know um, because I grew up on punk rock and I knew I need something from my youth and it's going to be embarrassing. I thought one of my, my favorite punk rock band of all time is Dillinger four and I love all of their albums, but I think I need something that reminds me more of even younger, you know, not high school youth. When I started listening to cool punk rock, like what got me into the whole thing? So yeah, blink 182 dude ranch. Dude Ranch is a good record. Over it is. Over Cat and Enema of the State as well. I think you know, Enema, it was up. the fight between those two, Enema and Dude Ranch. And I went with Dude Ranch just because it was the first one I heard. Really? Enema wasn't your first Blink record? No, I was I, I was so excited when Enema came out. Like, it was like, I went to the Walmart that day type of thing. <laughs> went to the Walmart? Yeah. Talking it was edited, trash. too. I was so pissed. <laughs> I still you know, hear that, the bleeps. That's a, that's a pretty interesting point you saying that Blink-182 was kind of the catalyst, the, the, yeah. the entryway drug to, to, to getting into actual punk rock. I wonder how, yeah. for how many people Beyond that's that. the actual scenario. Beyond that, it's what got me into the idea. I'm like, I want to play music. That's what I want to do. No way. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Dude Ranch inspired you to live the life that you're living right now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Blink. With, I didn't even <laughs> know. And, 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 have you listened to the Blink-155 podcast? 
Oh my God, no, we're, talk, we're talking that? about a podcast on a podcast. It's these two guys that actually, each episode, they break down all 155 Blink-182 songs. Oh my God, there's 155 tunes? Uh, now there's more. They put it on an album last year, but yeah. <laughs> and they, it's, it's pretty hilarious. But they, until I listened to that, I did not ever, ever, not in high school, junior high, college, in my 20s at all, know or think about that Dude Ranch means come. Dude Ranch, <laughs> as in the sauce. Right. I always just imagined a ranch. Like uh, the cover has them like in a cowboy thing. Uh, you know, I thought uh, it was also like, how quizzical for a bunch of young boys listening to a record that's you know uh, titillatingly titled after you know some like metaphor for for jizz. Like you yeah. would think that that's the first thing that like an eight or nine year old right. thinks of how did listening we, to that. Nobody record. got it. I didn't get it. That was one incredible set of 10 records, though. Yeah, I think that'd get me through. I think the way that you approached it, such as having one record uh, be in line with a moment that you know you're going to be going through in isolation is truly the way to approach it. And also, you hedged your bets with a double record and records that had you know, multiple different genres on it. Yes. Like I was, you know, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by the Smashing Pumpkins was one of my first thoughts. Um, but I, that's, it's too much. It's too much to take into isolation. Yeah, the fact I, that I, I definitely record. thought about that and Siamese, but I, uh, overall I thought the angst in that. When Smashing Pumpkins has angst, it's almost more scarier than Nirvana. Um, no, it's frightening in the sense that it really, it, it kind of conveys Billy Corgan's childlike toddler anger in a way that 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 affects you in a much more negative or like uh, anarchistic way than, mm-hmm. than, uh, than say, Nirvana would. Totally. Um, before we go to yours, just one more mention. The only fight I had with that Blink-182 reminder of youth, I thought about going even further back to like fifth, sixth grade in my life. With an album that, n- no joke, I listen to every day for years, um, and I still love. But I was like, you know what? I don't need it. <laughs> and that was "Presidents of the United States of America," self-titled. Self-titled. What a record! What I mean, what a record! You know, that would bring you some cheer in these times. You know, when it, somebody put that on, you'd be like, hell yes. But after five years of it, we've right. already no. had you know twenty years of this record. It might be a little too much. That's a that's a really good point. Um, you know, presidents of the United States of America self-titled with Lump and Peaches and Dune Buggy. Oh, so um, many good ones on there. Kick out the Jams cover. We're not oh, gonna make it. Great. Kitty, Feather Plucking. All good tunes. That yeah. record for me, like I had a couple of those internal discussions with myself too. First, let me tell you how I approach this. Yes. We talked about this list a few days ago. Right. And in keeping it as realistic as possible. Um, in this, in this, like this theoretical scenario of us being ushered away very quickly and having to grab the totems of a life that we are now leaving, and as we enter uncharted ter- territory, mm-hmm. um, I waited until the last possible second to do this list. Nice. So I did it I like, like thirty minutes before we hopped on <laughs> this call together, because I I wanted to give myself. That opportunity the scramble. to be like, okay, fuck, I've got to go very soon. We've got to get this podcast done. I don't have much time to think about this. So I quickly wrote down 10 records off the top of my head without thinking about it. Oh, wow. Uh, 
And these are going to be the 10 records that I, you know, maybe responsibly or irresponsibly grabbed, you know, in this, this very swift moment in my life to take to isolation. I don't know if they're going to work out for me. Yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, but I like that, that your, your snap decision is now your life. I love this. It, it's not, yeah, there's, I mean, because that's how life works. Yeah, executive that's decision true. Making, and that's how life works. You never know scenarios. what snap like, decision is going to become know, your life. I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't seen anyone since, uh, I guess it's been around nine days. You know, I've yeah. been self-isolating I'm since on day now, nine. Uh, this past Friday, but the Friday before when things really started to hit the media. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it happened very quickly. I made a choice to self-isolate very quickly because luckily I was in a situation where I could. Right. And I wanted to do everything in my power to to curb or quell the spread of this thing. Um, so I acted appropriately. I, you know, I did what the the mass media and the you know the administration was asking as far as local governance goes, and I stayed home because I had that choice. Um, right, because you're smart. But now, now before before you list, go on, can, can I before you before you hit the list on that note, I just want to I just want to play you one little thing. Is that okay? Oh yeah, please. Um, it's. This is ridiculous, but I pulled this 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 audio file from a news report in Florida, right? Because Florida people aren't scared of the whole thing because they're insane. Well, uh, they're just they're crocodiles walking on their hind legs. Right. So there's this recording of that they got on the news of this guy who's like, "I'm fine. I'm on a juice cleanse, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to stay healthy." And then he shows the news the news people a voice memo on his phone of a song he wrote about Corona. It's like 15 seconds long. And it's just a real treasure. And I actually brought it in if you want to hear it real quick. I do want to hear it. And I mean, uh, back to hearing it first on the Go Parade, you were so groundbreaking and trailblazing. This is going to be the first piece about Corona, about the Steve virus that we're going to hear from all of this brand new creation and introspection about said virus. So yeah. let's hear it. Okay. Martial law gonna happen. You won't be able to fly to another country. He even wrote a song about coronavirus. With nothing to do. Nothing, nothing, nothing to do. All you're trying to do is stay alive, stay alive, stay alive. Some al- that's about the coronavirus right there. That's incredible. And you know what? That's probably better than a lot of other <laughs> local music. Or that uh, music the thing from that LA, first struck me that are about to come out because if you caught the lyrics, it's martial law's gonna happen, You're not gonna be able to fly to another country. <laughs> <laughs> first thing that I heard when I heard it that struck me, I'm like, this is Berserker, totally <laughs> from Clerks, absolutely. Berserker, like he's yeah. just ripping off Berserker. I mean, the the lyrics are pretty like self evident and and um and 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 pretty intricately woven to the point where that might be this generation's new song. I mean, you never know. Worse songs have gotten bigger. I mean, I'm definitely not helping by promoting it here. You know, giving a little snippet of it. Uh, you did say that you were not looking forward to all of the uh, creation, music, poetry, novels, films that are about to come out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, regarding the coronavirus, and the fact that you just played that is um, <laughs> is is is, is <laughs> uh, it's almost uncanny how quickly that happened from you saying this about twenty minutes ago to you playing the first piece uh, of garbage that's coming. Yeah. Out Whoops. All right. Well, let's get to your <laughs> list. I'm sorry about that. It was total distraction. No, we needed that distraction. This we're here for distraction. Yeah. The that's twenty, true. the anywhere between twenty and seventy people who listen to this 
Al's birthday episode, March 25th, 2020. You gotta listen to the Al's birthday episode. Episode four. Uh, They're going to need nothing but distraction. Absolutely. So we needed that, man. Oh, that's good. Okay, we'll just jump into it. Jump in, baby. um, Let's do it. And I did this from 10 to 1. Right. As far as the rating. So I like wrote down 10 records really quickly in haste to get out of this, this, uh, this, this atmosphere that was becoming, you know, contagious and, and tragically predictable, uh, in a harmful way. I wrote down 10 records and then I, I, I numbered them Mm -hmm. to like how important they were to me for that particular. Smart. So number 10 also needed an incredibly uplifting and rather long, hip-hop record it's not a double record like all eyes and that was a really good call on that i actually didn't bring any double records which is ridiculous but i didn't have time to think about that i only had time to think about what would i need to balance myself snap decisions baby yeah executives and my favorite hip-hop record of all time i'm a massive hip-hop fan if i don't have hip-hop in my life something is missing and maybe that's just the bass player or the rhythm section in me but uh, as an art, it's always spoke to me lyrically, which is like so much more influential to me than a lot of other poets out there. Mm-hmm. And these dudes are absolutely poets. They've been the one of the, the more uplifting or socially conscious poets in the hip hop game since their inception. But De La Soul's oh. 1996 effort, Stakes is High. Yes, that's a great album. And Stakes is High is, I mean, not even just on a top 10 hip hop record list yeah. or a, t- a top 10 overall Al Moore record list. Um, that's one of my favorite records of all time. Wow. I did not know that. I mean, that's a great record. Hell yeah. I think because it lacks, I mean, obviously I'm a Biggie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I listened to a lot of, of originating gangster rap from the nineties as well. Yeah. This record lacks all of that because obviously De La's game was not, uh, sling and crack to, right totally. you know, the feed the mouse in the house they were obviously talking about being marginalized or uh, disenfranchised but they did it in a way that was more um, consciously victorious mm-hmm. than it was like rising up your your level of game on the streets totally so it's a pretty uplifting record if you've never listened to de la soul stakes is high stakes please is go high. listen to it right now it's incredible cool okay like so starting. i got my hip-hop record out of the way number nine which is still kind of in the down tempo hip hop world. Uh, funny, we were talking about trip hop last episode yeah. when we had Taylor Brown, aka Slip, yes. on to talk about his uh, trip hop record last year. Really sparked me back into my everlasting love for Portishead. Ooh, yeah, thinking- 1994's Dummy. Dummy. I was wondering which one. Dummy. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah by Portishead is still one of my favorite records of all time. And that calms me. There's a lot of depression on that record. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uplifting moments. Beth Gibbons voice is both haunting and calming. So it can inspire you in two different ways. You know, it right. can make you think about you know, the, you know, the, the prior loves and joys of yesteryear, but it can also make you hate the situation you're in. And I think commiseration <clears throat> in conjunction with uh, being appreciative for the fact that you're still alive is like yeah. the concept of this record. That's great. That really ties in. I love that record. I love. Um, I have a live at Roseland Theater. One of my, I think truly that that's the greatest live record of all time. And that that I thought about. I looked over when I was making my list too because just every the way that's recorded and Jeff Barrow's drums 
throughout all of Porter's Head are hugely inspirational to me. Him in general, I'm a huge fan. He's a composer now and just an online curmudgeon, and I just love him so much. Yeah, me too. I'm a big borrow guy as yeah. well. Beak is Beak a great, is amazing. A great group. Yeah. So that's a great um, choice. Yeah, had to put both those on. And I picked I picked tracks from each record too. So if anyone's listening, they don't really want to ingest the entire record. There are some go-to tracks. So for number 10, De La Soul's Stakes is High, um, I did a track called Dog Eat Dog. Please listen to that. It's it's really about rising above the static in your own mind. It's incredible. Um, and for Portishead's Dummy, I picked Strangers. Which, oh, Strangers. Which, Strangers, which is That's by far song. like the heaviest beat on <laughs> that the beat is nuts itself. yeah um so moving right along we've got some we've got some hip-hop to keep the mind jogging lyrically mm-hmm. yep. we've got some down-tempo trip-hop to keep things kind of in place as far as sanity is concerned uh we move on to number eight which is 2001 gorilla self-titled no way okay i had to bring gorilla self-titled i love that hell which, yeah for you and I, that's fantastic because you and I are both huge Gorillaz fans. I think that's where we started a lot of our deeper connections and relationships as well. Like that's you great. And I, uh, um, understanding our, our love for Another Gorillaz. album with a lot of genres too and a lot, lot, lot to switch between. I mean, there's like a bossa nova. There's a punk. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's oh, that's a what lot I love of about all their stuff. There's a folk song. There's some ballads. The, there's a little bit of everything. The Gorillaz singles that you'll hear are just the tip of the iceberg as far as Gorilla's music is concerned. You know what I well, mean? Well, like Clint Eastwood and Feel Good Inc. Right. Yeah, no. But even the, on Plastic... records are, have so much more breadth and depth. To I'm them, a huge Plastic Beach fan, too. That album has so much more to offer than what most people heard at face value of what that album is. Uh, but Self-Titled's great. I love that Self-Titled's album. incredible. And to 2001, just what a year for music. Yeah. At, you know, as is. And my standout track from Gorilla self-titled would be slow country slow country because call me crazy but mine might be like we're we're, we're still kind of keeping a theme from 10 down to eight where we are right now we've got hip-hop we've got trip-hop and slow country kind of keeps that true true you know as a track it keeps that hip-hop ish groove to like lay you back in the pocket to not think about the fact that you're not going to be seeing daylight for the next half a decade. I love punk. I love the song punk on that. album. Punk is incredible. And also funny about uh, gorilla self-titled one of the, (laughs) one of the greatest songs on that record, which might be pretty appropriate for this isolation pandemic viral uh, infection that we're dealing with right now is in one a one off of self-titled because Damon Albarn, after he left Blur and was when he was recording this album, he he sampled Killian Murphy from Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh, really? That's in the beginning of M One A One when you hear "Hello." Right? Is there anyone there? Oh, it's from that That's movie. From, actually, oh, wow. Killian Murphy from Twenty. Well, how Days appropriate! Later. I feel like you thought about this more than I did. <laughs> I mean, I thought about this literally for three minutes. Yeah. I had three minutes to do this. Um, so Gorilla self-titled Slow Country, great tune to bring you back in the present. Number seven's a little weird, and I don't think there's going to be anyone listening to this. Uh, certainly, maybe you've never heard of this group, um, because it's more of a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. I'm really into German industrial music. Okay. We're learning um, a lot about each of, other. Which is kind of why I brought the, the Nihilist Rogers track, because it has a lot of, I mean, not only is he our guest, but it has a lot of hints at that as well. Totally. 
Um, and there's this group called VNV Nation. Oh, okay, I've heard of them. I'm not okay. real familiar, but I, I do know who they are. They're one of the more accessible groups of of German industrial music because yeah. a lot of like industrial music is oh la ni la like it's a, it's very <laughs> stompy and and you know affected very punctual yeah. type of not only vocal deliveries but just compositions um, at at large and VNV Nation they put out a record in 2005 called Matter Plus Form mm-hmm. and it is it's basically a mix between uh, like a Bowie croon and heavy industrial beats, like yeah. stompy, you know, kick snare stuff for five minutes. Wow. So it's got pieces on it that can kind of drive your insanity and push you through it. And it has a lot of reflective pieces on it as well to kind of help you through uh, everything that's happening at that moment. And the standout track is actually track 11, the closing track for VNV Nation's Matter Plus Form, and it's called Perpetual. If you've never listened to this record and you like a lot of 80s patty synths and you love stompy German industrial beats and you love some like baritone crooning over that, please go listen to this record right now. Awesome. It will make you much happier. Sounds great. Uh, going on to six, crazy to me, Cam, mm-hmm. that you didn't pick any Radiohead records. I was wondering when you were going to bring that up. <laughs> so, why? I I I thought about all of them thoroughly, about which one, and then I just decided that Radiohead's for when you're living. <laughs> when you're living your life, when you're not you know, stuck and complete. I feel like they isolation. might drive you crazy in that scenario. I don't want to listen to Pol Polk revolving doors in a bunker. Okay, so I don't either, and this is where this gets interesting, because I did write down a Radiohead record off off the cuff. Okay. Um, and you and I have had a lot of arguments, maybe not so far on the GOAT parade, but in, 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 life. in, personal, oh, yeah, big in our time. personal lives. In Twitter. There was actually a time where we played a show together at the Hi-Hat a couple of years ago um, where you were on stage and we were actually arguing about the, the best Radiohead record. Yeah. I don't know. Eating up our set time. But yeah, I remember, of course. Um, and I usually say amnesiac. So when I wrote down Kid A dead wrong. as my choice six, I was really, really confused as to why I did not write no, that's interesting. down. Really. Now elaborate. Why, why, why was it? I think my taste is maturing. I think so well, too. <laughs> and I think, and I'm going to go ahead and say this here, man, and you're welcome. And it, maybe it's only because things are rough right now, yeah. but I was wrong and I'm sorry. Kid A is in fact better than Amnesiac. That's true because Amnesiac is its B-sides. I will never say that ever again, and I'm going to pretend like I didn't say that the next time I see you just for sports. Okay, good. So my standout track on that one on uh, 2000s, the year 2000s, Radiohead Kid A is How to Disappear Completely. Now, because that I think that's my depression, buddy. Like if I'm that, trying okay, now to, I get it. Now I get it to kind of uh, to level myself with how you approached it. I mm. would say that Kid A. I get that. How to disappear completely is my depression friend. And it has some serene moments. You know, you get tree fingers, you get motion picture soundtracks, some really some cinematic moments that will help you get through some stuff. And obviously you get bangers too. You get Anthem, you get Idiot Tech, you get get Optimistic. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect album. It's a good overall, it's a good overall opportunity to go through the, the length of emotions that one would in complete isolation. All right, moving on to number five. 1972, mm. David Bowie I knew there was a Bowie. 
Oh, this produced. record, but not a Bowie uh, record. Lou, Lou Reed's Transformer. Okay, which cool. is one of my favorite records of all time, mm-hmm. and I only put it on there because that record is is poetry in its highest True. regard. You know, in in the Lou Reed way. Um, and the standout track from that is Andy's Chest. Okay, uh, if, I'll have to go no back and listen to that one. To Transformer, whoever's listening to this right now, you've heard songs off of it such as Perfect Day, Walk on the Wild Side, mm-hmm. Satellite of Love. Right. Andy's Chest is a little bit more of a deep cut, um, possibly written about Andy Warhol's relationship with Lou Reed. And it's just a it's it's really a great poem uh, of non sequiturs to take you out of the destruction that we're facing right yeah. now. That's, that's good. I, I, I think we there. have that album. I'm going to have to give that one a listen. I haven't in a long time. It's great, dude. It's it's a really beautiful track. I mean, that record, that record overall. Yeah. Uh, Good Night Ladies, you know, being a, a, a jazz crooner to close it out. And New York Conversation, this like kind of gossipy hush-hush tune about living in uh, in Manhattan and having to deal with the, the dog and pony show. Really, really, it just takes you back to it. It takes you back to the early 70s. Yeah. And maybe in times of uh, isolated bunkerdom, you know, when we're waiting out this pandemic, you need to be taken back to places that you've never even been to. Right. I'd love to. I'd love to go to any of those places. Maybe yeah, not. 1972 New York sounds great before, yeah. you know, this happened. And now it's the, uh, the American hotspot of everything that's going down. Okay. We're not talking about the Steve virus. Uh, <laughs> moving on to number four. Of course, I had to bring a country album in. Oh, Okay. Because I can't survive without country music. Right, you're from Nashville. It's part of your um, breath. It, it really is my breath in, in times of of needing to reset myself because I identify so much with it. Uh-huh. And Chris Christopherson's 1970 record, simply titled Christopherson, is the best country record you've ever heard in your life. I've never heard it. It's the best country record I've never finish, heard. It was his first record. Um, this is when Dylan found him when he was a janitor. Okay. In a recording studio that Dylan was recording Blonde on Blonde in, he invited him into the room, and Christopherson played a couple of songs for him, and obviously like blew Dylan away. So wow. that was the start of his career. Um, Interesting. But uh, Christopherson, the record, um, has a lot of songs that you've heard on it, okay. such as you know that have been popularized by other people, such as uh, Me and Bobby McGee. Okay. That's a Chris Christopherson song that Miss Joplin later adopted, and it became one of her right. you know, more influential songs in her catalog. Um, Sunday Morning Coming Down, okay, uh, which was the Johnny Cash tune that he popularized um, That before even Christopherson had a, an opportunity to make it big with that one. So a lot of these songs that you've heard time and time again from other artists are on this Christopherson record. And sometimes you, it, it's hard to even know that it's a Christopherson song until you listen to it. Him gotcha. do it. And you're like, oh shit, this, this right. is on this record. He wrote this and so many people have adapted it. Like um, Harry Nilsson or like even Cat Stevens. Right, exactly. Oh yeah, so many so many artists like that that were, you know, Harry Nilsson, you yeah. know, like so many there were so many different, you know, uh, examples of people who were kind of writing um, and releasing on their own, only to be taken to a new level of stardom when someone else did their tune. Totally. Um, so the title track, or not the title track, the best track, the star track on Christopherson's Christopherson is "Best of All Possible Worlds." Okay. Please go listen to that song. It's an upbeat country jam. It makes you feel like you're drinking and driving. You know, down a country mile desert road being chased by the law dog. Yeah. And that that's a good feeling to have. Like when I listen to that song, I feel I feel the country wind on my face. Right. 
And I'm going to need that to take me out of this hellhole that I'm in <laughs> right. in this hypothetical scenario. Gotcha. Um, okay, number three, 1971. I have to have some Bowie in my life. I knew there would hunky, be a Bowie. Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory. One with Hunky Dory. I like it. Hunky Dory is a lot of people's B choice. Everyone wow. goes straight over, to Ziggy. You're right. Over Ziggy, over low. Over, over low. Over I mean, Ameri- only all- art heads like us even talk about low, though. Yeah, that's true. Over um, young Americans, too. Hmm. Dude, Hunky Dory is so packed to the brim. Yeah. With, with I mean, Fill Your Heart. Yeah. Uh, so what a lovely tune. Um, oh, You Pretty Things. Like, there's a lot of song for Bob Dylan. There's a lot of really hopeful moments on this record. My standout track from that to help me through is more of a depression friend, though, and that's Quicksand. Okay. Quicksand off of 1971's Hunky Dory by David Bowie is by far my favorite David Bowie song of all time. Favorite of all time. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's a monologue. It's a poetic monologue about not believing in yourself to the point of destroying yourself. Okay. And I feel like I'm going to need that yeah. in this situation. Um, so had to, had to have some Bowie in there, obviously. Uh, coming down to number two. <laughs> of course, 1982, The Boss, Nebraska. I oh, had to have Nebraska there. You brought Nebraska. Okay. I love that. I wasn't going to do Born in the USA. I wasn't going to do Born to Run. No, those you need like Nebraska. Way up yeah. those, are, those are actually really great, hopeful records, but I needed those are outside uh, albums. Nebraska yeah. to get me through a dark time. Yeah, definitely. I love Nebraska. It's me too. Such from a good start album. to finish, it's really incredible. And the fact that... And it's so uniform you, from start to finish too. It's It's one vibe and it's perfectly done. Exactly. And I feel like the one vibe being perfectly done is going to be great in an isolated scenario. Yeah. And this could be lore. And I'm sure a lot of these things are lore. Like yeah. even the story I just told about Chris Christopherson being found as a janitor right. by Bob Dylan when he was tracking Blonde on Blonde. Like a lot of these things have obviously been passed through the megaphone of time. Yeah. Um, but apparently Nebraska was right after Born to Run. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so... Born to Run, huge breakout success, right? Everyone's getting checks written to them. Like, everyone's making money off a of boss. Everyone's, like, looking into their future um, with this, this, this newer artist on the success of this really hot record. And so the label goes, I don't know if it was Atlantic or not. The label goes to the boss and says, hey, it's time. Where's your next record? And the boss is like, dude, I got it. Give me a couple months. So he goes off and he tracks an acoustic record. A conceptual acoustic record about a killing spree across Nebraska, mm-hmm. Nebraska, and you know, which is a lot of autobiography on his childhood mixed in. There's a lot of things mixed into this record, but he comes back after the success of Born to Run with this acoustic album, right? <clears throat> and the label's like, "Hey, Bruce, this is great, but come on, buddy, right? <laughs> Where's Born to Run too? Where's yeah. Born to Run again?" And ain't nobody's is, gonna be dancing to like, State hey, Trooper. You ask for a record. This is what I'm giving you. Right. Um, so they go back and forth, and the record finally, the record label finally says, "Hey, okay, that's fine, but please record a full band version of Nebraska for us." So Boss, being the nice Jersey man that he is, is like, "Okay, I'll go do that." So he records a full band version of Nebraska, takes right. it back to the label, and says, "You know what? I've listened to it, and I still like the acoustic version better. So you're either going to put this record out, or I'm going somewhere else with it." And of course, they said. Absolutely. We love the acoustic version. We've loved it all along. We were just testing you. Ha ha ha. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, please don't leave. So they, please don't leave. Please, please. 
And they put out the record, but apparently, and I don't know if this is true, I don't know if any of this is true, but apparently the Smithsonian has the the reels to the full band version of Nebraska, and no one's ever heard it. I honestly don't even want to hear it. Like I, I'm dying to hear it. Like I love Nebraska exactly as it is. It's I'm, perfect. It doesn't I, need to. Change, I don't want a full band version of State Trooper or Atlantic City or all that shit. I've heard bands cover the, those songs with full bands, and it always comes off. It's awful. Yeah, my standout track from that one too is Highway Patrolman. Oh yeah, it's a great Highway song. Patrol. Mr. Straight Trooper is incredible. All of the songs are incredible, yeah. but Atlantic I mean, City would definitely be mine. Of yeah. course, because that's and especially to take you to a new time and place mm. when you're in isolation, you need Atlantic City. Like you and your wife would be dancing to that, right? You know, in this bunker, I can see it in my my mind's eye. Um. Okay, we're down to number one, and number this is one, kind of baby. a weird choice. Uh, you were talking about what I can't remember what select yours was when you say I've been listening to this record nonstop for like the past eight years. What record was that? Uh, probably that Brian Jonestown album. Brian Jonestown, or was the House's record? Oh, both of them. Yeah, about the same amount. There's a record that I've been listening to since it since it came out in 2014, and it's by a group by the name of Timber Tambor. Okay. Have you heard of Timber Tambor? No. <clears throat> okay, so it's I like the name Timber, like because I it's T I M B E R and then T I M B R E. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and this record um, is called Hot Dreams, and it came out in 2014, and it's this beautiful mix of like indie western spaghetti esque jazzy low tempoed kind of uh, poetic motion. Again, going back to the lyricisms, this record, I've been listening to it at least once a week, probably two or three times a week since it came out and it's never been able to leave me. And that's Timber Timber, Hot Dreams. It kind of has a lot of baritone Nick Cave moments. Okay. Um, What what year was this? That was 2014. Okay. Wow. So somewhat recent. Again, and the standout track is called Grand Canyon. Okay. Please listen to that. If you're listening to this podcast right now, stop it. Go listen to Grand Canyon by Timber Tambor, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-I-M-B-R-E. But listen to the whole record, Hot Dreams. Guaranteed it will be your new favorite record. Very nice. Timber Tambor. So, so we're, we're surviving this together. Yeah. You and I with, with all of these, these record choices. Yours is pretty good too. I mean, there was a couple I don't know, but the ones I did, I do truly love. So I feel like... For a the, snap decision, we had such different approaches to how mm-hmm. we did this list that you know it's giving people the opportunity to kind of meld those two things, yeah, and think about how they would how they would be able to escape to a previous time in their lives by attributing a song or a record to a very specific emotion, and also the executive decisions of well, I've listened to this record my entire life, I might as well bring it. Yeah, but I mean, for you saying snap decisions, it's pretty well thought out there's a lot of lot of lot of lot of jelly in those donuts you know what i'm saying there's a lot of jelly but the jelly was put in after i brought the donuts right i brought the donuts home and then i put the jelly in them this metaphor is getting squeezed out yeah (laughs) uh because i just yeah these these things these records just popped into my head and then i had to i basically went back and justified right which is great it's a good list um, Good list, but great listomania on on both sides. How awkward it is still doing this for the listener. If, if you've made it even this far, it's beautiful that I'm looking at Cam over a FaceTime video chat right now. It's but, it's pretty silly, but I mean, yeah. it, you kind of forget after you're going for a little while. 
you know, and, and it just feels like we're vibing. This is going to sound on the back. End. I mean, but if you heard it's any forgivable in those two lists that you haven't heard, please go listen to them right now. It will help you through this time. Grab those 10 Desert Island discs and go to town, baby. Yeah, I hope something could make you feel a little bit better in these uncertain times. I do have bad news. Bring someone else into the mix. Yes, but I do have bad news on my end. Um, my wife notified me that uh, the CVS up the street uh, just restocked their toilet paper. And so we're going to go hoard a bunch of it. What? No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to hoard a bunch of it. We're going to get the necessaries that we need. Uh, so you're going to have to interview Nihilist on your own. Is no, that fine? No, 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 Cam, I can't do that. I barely even know this guy. It's can't right. you wait? Just, just be yourself. No, Cam, please don't. Dude, it's my birthday. The interview. Okay. Um, this is a little awkward, but uh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Nihilus Rogers, it's good to have you here with us on the Go Parade. Uh, usually I'm joined by our host, Cameron Demetric. Uh, he had to run out, so I guess it's just... I guess it's just you and me right now. Um, Firstly, let me say what a pleasure having you. Um, I bought your record uh, a couple days ago. It's it's truly a genius piece of Uh, of concept art. Play Um, it as time goes by. Okay. Okay. Um, That's great. Uh, Again, uh, taking the time in, in such a dark time to visit us here at the Go Parade is, is much appreciated. Uh, I guess, uh, uh, I didn't. I don't have a lot of questions prepared. Usually, our, our host does a lot of uh, a lot of the interviewing, and because he has more of the prowess um, in regards to that. But uh, I think this is okay. The I'm, of I'm just going to launch you into this. Um, Nihilus Rogers. Yes. Uh, where does such an obscure figure like you emerge from? Like, are you from the shadows? Or it, it, uh, your record of covers adaptation the mini lp that you just put out it kind of sounds like it, it came from a cave of desire can you can you give the listeners a little bit about uh about you in that regard the stuff that dreams are made of okay um okay right uh can, can you can you elaborate you to a little bit you talking to me uh, yes, Mr. Rogers. Yes. Um, uh, I, when you say your your material or your covers, when you say they come from a place where dreams are made or where they come from, um, can you can can you elaborate just on the dreams very specifically? Like, what type of dreams are we talking about? Well, a boy's best friend is his mother. That's very true. Um, that is a very, uh, albeit obscure uh, in context. Um, uh, nugget of wisdom. Uh, so, are, are, do you have do you have dreams about your mother? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. No, no, uh, Mr. Rogers. I, I don't. But that's that's not at all what I was getting at. I'm no wire sorry, hangers I, ever. Um. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's let's move on. Shrouded in mystery, your identity is still uh, very much a secret. What's with the facade? Are you like the mask and everything? Are you fetishizing role play or are you avoiding the IRS? Are you evading something that is coming after you or or is this more of just a conceptual thing? We rob banks. Oh, okay. So you're you're a bank robber. That's that's interesting. Nobody um, puts let's, baby in let's a corner. Talk about that for a second. Um do do you rob do you rob banks to say fund the recording process? Listen to me, Mister. 
You're my knight in shining armor. Don't you forget it. You're going to get back on that horse, and I'm going to be right behind you, holding on tight, and away we're going to go, go, go. That's very complimentary of you to say, Nihilist. Um, I, I really appreciate that. Okay, uh, so so uh, the mystery is more than just the mask. Um, it's and, alive. Uh, it's alive. The ma- I'm sorry, sir. The mask is alive? Snap out of it. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nihilist, I'm not trying to put baby in a corner. I'll get you. My pretty and your little dog, too. Okay. Okay. Um, let's just let's keep this moving. Um, I, I know very little about... <laughs> okay. I know very little about you. Um, your Cam obviously wanted to bring you on. Um, I know he just played a show with you. You guys were at the satellite before shit hit the fan. Um, can, can you talk about the live experience a little bit? What, what, what's it going to be like for people to see you live uh, performing these, these songs that you've just released? Play it again, Sam. Play it as time goes by. Round up the usual suspects. After all, tomorrow is another day. Oh, okay. Uh, that sounded like... Wait a, a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Okay. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I, no, I, yeah, this is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling a lot of magnetic energy between you and I right now. Yes, uh, nihilist. We can't um, fight in there. This is the war room. Okay, um, back to the questions. Um, you've been quoted proclaiming there are already too many songs. You've said that before in press. At least I stumbled across that in some of the research about you. Even though now I'm wishing I would have done more research. Uh, because this is, this is new. Okay. Um, can you, when you say there are already too many songs, does this explain the no originals approach? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Okay. Uh, when, when you say that, do you mean keep your friends close? Like all of these, these songs that you've grown to love over the course of your time, both as just a a plebeian and a, and a, and a musician is, is that, is that what you're trying to say? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You don't. You don't care about. You talking to me? Okay. Um. Let's 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 keep trying. Let, let's just keep trying this. Um. Uh, so Al, back Al, to the Al, uh, approach. Al. Uh, it seems he's left. I'm not gonna lie to you. The guy just walked right out of the building. Cam, when uh, did you? When did you get? Back? I just got back. Where did you? Where did you? I had to run. From, man? I thought I, you said you had to run out to get toilet paper. I did. Yeah, they still don't have any. Okay, where did Nihilus go? He left. I don't know. I never. I mean, did you end up being able to talk to him? I, I don't know. I, I didn't see him. Cam, that was the most awkward thing I've ever been. I'm through. so sorry about that. I'm so sorry. And dry for it. I'm so sorry. I, there was an emergency. It wasn't fruitful for me either. Um, I hope you got something good. I I don't know the guy. I don't know when we're going to be able to talk to him again. Um, it, it, not only was that the most unpleasant thing I've ever sat through, but I, as a, as a podcast journalist, uh-huh. I'm, I'm feeling as if my, my uh, integrity has been demeaned Interesting. just from having to sit through that, that interview. Why would you do that to me? Did you know that he was going to be so sparse? I don't know. You're going to have to elaborate. I wasn't response? here for any of that. So you're going to have to elaborate what went on. Well, you you know the guy. You just played a show with the guy. I didn't play a show. He DJed a show. Interactions with him. You I didn't, didn't talk to him directly. Any, anything weird at all? 
I mean, he's where he wore a mask the whole time. I thought that was pretty weird. You're the one who wanted him on the show in the interview as well. Well, to, to be completely honest with you, man, I don't think we should publish this episode. It was that bad. I think he just, I mean, we've obviously, we, we, we put in a lot of work today on this. I thought our list was great. I thought our yeah, were it was great. great. Uh, obviously You're telling me the interview. I mean, I'll go back and listen to it. It was, it was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Was it your fault? You think <clears throat> my fault? Yeah. Do you my think questions it... were specifically tailored uh-huh. to Mr. Nihilus Rogers? Do you think maybe that pissed him off? I don't know. You seem like no, you pissed him no. off. I mean, as far as as far as the, the my approach, I was nothing but cohesive and succinct and impatient with the guy. Okay, let's just move on. Okay, let's move on. We don't even have anything to move on to. So, I mean, you know, this is pretty much the end of this episode. Well, we are we have discussed foregoing the tone throne ah. to talk a little bit about where um where musicians can receive some help or how our listeners right. can help musicians or artists or the community in this time of need. Do you have yeah. any, do you have any links or anything I mean, you want to throw out? There? Nothing that I can quote, but there's a lot of GoFundMe's going on for the various venues that have shut down because of this, um, which is every venue in Los Angeles. And so such as the Moroccan, the Echo. Yeah, Satellite Echo. There's GoFundMe's for most of them right now. All their employees are out of work. All bars in LA are out of work. Um, most restaurants that can't don't have takeout abilities. Uh, a lot of them are setting up GoFundMe's specifically for each bar. If you follow your favorite bar or venue on Instagram, you might see something like that. Um, I mean, it's hoping like as the days go on, there'll be more grants, more things available for artists. I don't know if you have any specifics. Well, I've donated. I've donated to the Moroccan. Oh, cool. The Moroccan staff because that's one of my favorite venues. It in is LA. great, and that that and includes Telegram too. Say that again. I think that that helps out Telegram too because they're the same. Exactly. So anything that's like, just pay attention. If you're out there and you're listening and you like what comes out of Los Angeles and you believe in the scene and you believe in the people in it, we have to have these mediums and these outlets to continue to showcase our music to go to a more national level to where everyone out there can hear us. So if you've got a few bucks to donate, I know that times are really tough right now. Um, but just make sure that you're putting your money um, where, you, where you feel like you need it to be because we're about to, I mean, we're on the precipice of complete economic destruction. So. Yeah. I mean, if there's a venue that you frequently go to when times are usual, I mean, you might think about donating some of the money you would spend anywhere anyway if that venue was open towards that, the, that venue staff because everyone's struggling. Right. So you've got a price of a ticket and you've got a $40 bar tab. So you're looking at fifty dollars, you know. And if uh, it's it's, we're not asking anyone to do to don't. I mean, we're we're asking you to be very uh, conscientious of 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 how things are about to go and how hard it is to going to be to get the market back into a swing. Yeah. So I mean, everybody that I've talked to, you know, through Facetime like this, has been really empathetic and really understanding of every, what everybody else is going through. So if we can continue to be like that, we're going to get through this. No, no problem. And we're going to come out the other side stronger. I believe so as well. Yeah. Because like, as we pass this, you know, highly probable point of no return that we've talked about a little bit today in this episode, like what is to become of the scene? You know, how, how, how do we shed this illusion of safety and like trudge on creatively. And I think part of that is, is keeping everything 
glued together as, as, as best as humanly possible. Yeah. And that is donating where you can, reaching out where you can, uh, you know, taking an active part. If you live in L.A. or not. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, sure you're doing it for a local venue or, or help some of the artists out that that you listen to that come out of this city. I was definitely somewhat kidding earlier when I said I'm already sick of the songs <laughs> that have come out of this or but, I, you know, I, I I do think it'll be a really creative time of growth. It always it always is at times a hardship, you know. So, well, it's a renaissance period uh, yeah. for, for people who haven't had the time to get back to the, the nucleus or the core of like writing, of right. creating something new. You know, you're busy releasing, you're busy gigging, you're busy thinking about merch, you're busy thinking about tour routing, you're, you're busy of all these things. And now that everything has kind of shat the bed, uh, so to speak, we're all being forced to return to that. So it's funny that you were talking about it earlier. Like, I'm already tired of it. want nothing to do with it. There are going to be 12,000 really bad EPs oh, that yeah. come out of these <laughs> next couple of weeks. But there'll and be I some myself the... am going to contribute. Yeah, of course. We all are. But there yeah. also will be some really creative, really inspired stuff that will come from a lot of hardships. You know? A lot of hardships. And that's where we're asking you to, if there's, a, if there's an artist that you really love, or a venue that has, you've seen bands that have changed your life, please turn all of your attention and whatever finances you can spare to keep them afloat. Yeah, if there's an artist you love that you were going to see in the next couple weeks and they had to postpone their tour, buy a shirt, buy their album, you know? Most artists are, are generating deals. I mean, Bandcamp last Friday waived its res- revenue fair- share, made like $3 million for artists. It was That's incredible. incredible. I mean, Bandcamp's kind of the leading on that. In fact, that Nihilus Rogers mini LP is exclusively on Bandcamp. I don't think I want to talk about Nihilus Rogers anymore. Ken. I don't either. If you were here for that interview, I don't think you would either. So, wow, um, I've never seen a musician take Al down this much. Wow, it's something else. Yeah, on my birthday episode. On your birthday episode, what a jerk! You I'm know? picking the next guest just I, to let you. Know. Yeah, I mean, if we're in quarantine, I hope you have an alter ego too. <laughs> what? Uh, what what was say? that? Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, thank you for talking to me through this weird time and sharing our quarantine albums, couple tunes. It was, it's been, it's been the best part of my day. It really has been the only part of my day. Yeah. And, well, uh, I don't want to say that, but yeah, it's been the only part of my day. It's still the best. Now that I get to revisit this on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, it's Sunday, just to timestamp this in a few days, I'll be older and much sadder. Yeah. Um, so, and back to the point of like very quickly, uh, about about you know uh, putting some time and energy into keeping these venues afloat and helping the community reach out to us like this is a time you know reach out to your favorite artists they might not be able to get back to you they might be inundated with stuff right now but reach out to your favorite artists on Instagram or just say hi say hi I love your music you've changed my life reach out to Cam reach out to myself please like again th- these are very uh, trepidatious times and who knows who's going to get back to you or, or how much energy or wherewithal anyone has for response right now but please like let's all come together yeah also every if you need a little bit more uplifting every monday night on uh, the goat parade instagram live me and my wife will be djing from 6 p.m to 8 p.m until this I is over in last monday you were there last monday it was a good time so jump in i'll be there sometimes you can jump in hang out with us Listen to some tunes. 
This has been fun, man. I love you and I miss you. I love you. I miss seeing you in person. Incredibly depressing just sitting here looking at your face and I I just want to give you a fucking hug. I know. I'm so desperate for a hug right now. Bring it in. Bring it in. Come on. Oh, yeah. Give me that ear hug. Shake the microphone a little bit. Yeah. Just so people know something happened. That's a hug. (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, I'll see you on the next one. Happy birthday. I'm glad we're keeping this going. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Thank you for singing to me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for just being a part of my life, dude. I love you so much. I love you. Go Parade, out.